Africa, home to the most unique people in the world. A place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning in Johannesburg and it's Wednesday the 26th of October 2022. Time is exactly 6 minutes past 10 and I hope you're enjoying your morning. Thank you for joining me and this is Tribal Pursuit, the show where we go deep into Africa and we discover different Jewish communities about Africa and we learn more about them. And of course it wouldn't be Tribal Pursuit without that beautiful African music, which I do have for you. I have a few songs for you today and it's just the two of us, unfortunately. I want to get in touch with you. I want you to get in touch with me and I interact with my friends and see how life has been. I haven't been around in a while. Let me know what I missed Let me, and I'll let you know what you missed on 34519 and that's how you SMS me. Oh six one. 895-1019 is how you telegram me you can email me on air at highfm.com and if you want to tweet me you can simply at highfm we have a great show lined up today and it's going to be all about the better israel community now we've talked about the better israel community a few months ago well actually yeah it was a few months ago i think two months ago it was one of the first few episodes we did and that was with batia shmueli she talked about the israeli the ethiopian community that moved to israel now, as interesting as that was, I wanted to learn more about the ones that stayed in Israel and more about their history and what they do. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get any to get anybody from the community because it's such a close community. But I did do my research and I'll tell you all about them a little later in the show. Of course, I'm going to have some stories from you from Africa, some news, some great facts and like I said, some great music. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. So the time is 14 minutes past 10 and I told you, it's just you and I today. We don't have a guest in the studio, unfortunately. We're not running out of friends. Our friends are just very busy and we're not able, one of our, well, one of them was not able to join us today. So it is good. I do have your back. Your friend Mukundi is still here. Let me know what, let me know how you feel. I feel like we haven't talked in so long. I haven't talked to you in, two weeks now 14 days so that was 14 days and then yom kippur happened so it was 14 days and then i made, i had my show and then 14 day and then 14 days i took leave so yeah in, in the month of october we've only had two shows i am not neglecting you i swear it is not my fault <laughs> anyway so i told you i'm taking you to ethiopia and i'm talking to the ethiopian community but who are they well let me tell you, the, they are known as the Better Israel community, and they are a Jewish community that developed and lived for centuries in the area of the kingdom of Aksum and the Ethiopian Empire, which is currently divided between the modern day era, between the modern day Amara and Tigray regions of Ethiopia. Now, most of the Better Israel community actually immigrated to the, to Israel in the late 20th century. If you want to know more about that, you can actually go listen to one of our, to one of the podcasts from July. 
Yes, with my interview with Batia Shmueli, go to the High FM website, listen to that, and she explains the whole process and the whole experience, and I do guarantee you will enjoy it. While you're there, don't just listen to that. There's a lot of great shows on High FM that I'm sure you'll enjoy, so do check out our other podcasts as well. But before we get there, I do have to tell you what's happening in Africa, because I'm a good friend and I told you I will, right? Starting off in Zimbabwe. There's an article that says Zimbabwean soldiers and police go hungry with some resorting to crime, ministers say. I found that very interesting. Cops and soldiers are stealing. What? As if that's something new. <laughs> now, eight men ra- eight men raided an auctioneer. Such a long word. Auctioneer in Harare, Zimbabwe on the 8th of October and made off with... million dollars That's about 21.6 million rands Later one of the men was shot and killed By police investigators Now so far five suspects are still on the run But a police detective Kelvin Marimo And a 36 year old soldier Onisenge Okay here we go it's one of those words Onisenge Zvomunyan I don't even know if the Z is silent So it's just Zvomunyan But I do apologize, Onisenge. I'll just say Onisenge, who were part of the operation, were caught and arrested and appeared in court. They were they, they were held in custody until the 27th of October and told to seek bail in the high court. This was the latest in a series of armed robberies in, involving the police and elements of the military. Just a few days earlier, soldier Elliot Candillero, oh my God, was tri- was killed in a gun battle in Bikita and. In Masfingo, a growth point 86 kilometers from Masfingo, three of his accomplices, also in the army, along with four civilians, were arrested during a foiled armed robbery. Now, this was a very interesting article. Well, while I was reading it, I found it very interesting because we've seen this before. I don't know if you recall, a few months ago, we had that big, that big story in South Africa about the shootout that happened between cash and transit robbers and the police. And they managed for them and then they managed to do some more research and upon further investigation, they actually located them in Tembisa and they found a bunch of stolen weapons, police weapons, by the way, stolen police weapons, stolen police bulletproof vests, ammunition, ammunition, everything. I think they had like 16 rifles, four shotguns. They were literally a small army. Okay, it was a militia. And they actually found that these people are all soldiers, right? They were all soldiers and policemen from South African Zimbabwe. I don't know why. Is it, I don't know if they do it because they don't get, they don't get paid enough. Is it just greed? And a lot of them are actually retired. What I've noticed is that the older, the older ones are usually older retired Zimbabwean soldiers and then the younger ones are South African policemen so i don't know how that happens i don't know how they even got to meet up but we have seen that a lot of these big criminals are actually former lawmen and it is very concerning i don't know as a citizen i'm concerned you know i don't like knowing the fact that my my cop can literally just walk out of his house and start a heist because that's how it seems to be going do let me know what you think because it is a very serious issue it's a very serious concern because it's also about citizen security now you know, how do we handle that? Anyway, moving on. 19 minutes past 10, 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm your dear friend, Mukundi Mudao. Let us go to Malawi, where everybody is complaining about the same thing. Be it in Malawi, South Africa, Israel, everywhere, right? Everything is expensive. Food has just skyrocketed. Just all the way up there. Anyway, everything's gone up, says the Malawian market. Farmers, entrepreneurs, and sellers are struggling as rises in fuel and fertilizer prices make it harder to cover costs. Friday was market day at Goliati in the Tiolo district of southern of, of southern Malawi, and usually the stalls are bustling. 
The area is known for its fruit and vegetables such as tomatoes, cabbages, and people make the one-hour journey to the blockade. That's all. It's a lot of words that I actually don't want to read. Severe deforestation in the country has has over the years degraded the land. Most small most smallholder farmers can only cultivate the same piece of land, and so fertilizer had become necessary to replace their nutrients. But now it is not that easy to get a hold of and fertilizer and fruit and transportation costs for the food is just all ruining the market. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has affected the availability and affordability of fertilizer, of which both countries are our major producers. Pre-war, 50 kilograms of fertilizer was 22,042 Malawian kacha. Who? I had a Jacob Zuma moment for a minute there. 22,042 Malawian kwacha, which is about 19 pounds. In April, in April, it rose to 49,000 kwacha. What? What? This month, wait for it, the price reached 65,000 kwacha. So you can clearly see that the price of food is going up. Not only in Malawi, you don't even have to go far. Go to your local supermarket. Look at the price of chicken from a few months ago and look at chicken now. It's totally ridiculous. Look at the price of bread. I remember when bread was, I remember actually I talked to you about that once. I remember telling you about bread prices. But yeah, do look at the price of bread as well. Everything is just expensive for no reason and I don't get it. Of course the reason is that everything you know the market the economy russia's invasion of ukraine has played a big role in everything but it's concerning because it's literally going to turn into a security crisis a food security crisis and people have been warning countries now especially the countries that are very dependent on import from other countries for food they're telling people like sri lanka they said hey Start growing your own food and a lot more and stockpile that food. Find food reserves, find storages, find food banks because you are going to need it. And we see that it's starting to happen now. Countries that are very dependent on other countries for food are struggling because now you have to pay probably twice the amount you would pay on a regular, on a normal basis just because food is expensive and everybody's trying to make do. That is a sad story. And I feel like I've been talking for too long, a bit too much now. 101.9 High FM, the time is 22 minutes past two. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Anyway, 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Top of the morning. The time is 25 minutes past 10. I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday morning. I'm not drinking my coffee today like I normally do. I'm actually drinking water because... Yeah, trying to be healthy. <laughs> and I just got back in the gym. So trying to trying to get off the sugar and drink more water, work out more. Anyway, let me tell you some more news and then I'll tell you about the better Israel community from Ethiopia. Did you know that our neighbors are they even our neighbors? Because it's inside. Geographically speaking, they are within. <laughs> Geographically speaking, they are within. So what are they? Our tenants? <laughs> anyway, Lesotho had an election. Did you know this? I was not aware. Anyway, the article says Lesotho Parliament convenes to elect Speaker and the Prime Minister to be sworn in on Friday. What? I didn't even know they were having elections there. It's such a big deal. It is almost business as usual in the Kingdom of Lesotho again with the swearing in of the 11th Parliament and election of a new Speaker. On Tuesday, parliamentarians, hey, I said that in one go. Parliamentarians, yeah, I just wanted to say it again. Parliamentarians took the oath to be faithful and bear true allegiance to His Majesty King Letzi III, his heirs and successors as dictated in the Kingdom's constitution. 
Former Government Secretary Tohang Sekamani, an MP for the Revolution for Prosperity, which enjoys a majority in Parliament with its coalition partners, was voted in as new Speaker. He secured 69 of 118 votes that were cast. Sekamani was up against Alliance for Democrats MP Kose Makua, who obtained 49 votes. And taking his oath, which was televised, the commander noted the new parliament had fresh faces and a lot was expected of them. No parliament has had so many new faces. That symbolizes a new dawn. People have high expectations, he said. Well, don't don't set those expectations and not meet them, my friend, because I will tell you just now, citizens do get concerned, citizens do complain, and... Just take care of your people. Under section 87 of the constitution, the king shall appoint as prime minister the member of the national assembly who appears to the council of state to be the leader of the political party or coalition of political parties that will command the support of a majority of the members of the national assembly. So many words. So many. Anyway, what I wanted to let you know is that Lesotho, our neighbors, tenants, little housemates, geographical mates there, they had their elections, and as such, the incoming Prime Minister, Samuel Matekani, such a cool name, will be sworn in by, by the King on Friday, the 28th of October. So if you're not doing anything on Friday, you can stream that, I guess. They'll, they'll probably stream it, right? They should. Anyway, one more story going back to Nigeria. The Nigerian court orders final seizure of houses, cars of former oil minister. Now, the Nigerian court has ordered a final seizure of two properties and cars owned by former oil minister, Dizani Aluse, Al- Alison the country's Economic Crimes Commission said on Monday in the latest ruling related to graft allegations against her. Alison Madweke, who was a key figure in the, admin, in the administration of former President Goodluck Jonathan, served as Petroleum Minister from 2010 to 2015. According to reports, the former minister has been tagged with several corruption allegations since she left office, but she denies the charges. Of course, I don't think anybody will ever say, yeah, yeah, you remember that money? I took all of it. When have you ever seen a politician do that? I haven't. The the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, EFCC, said in a statement that High Court Judge Mobo, oh my God, Mobolaji Olajuwon issued issued the final forfeiture of the former minister's $3 million homes and cars in Abuja. Now, this is, this is very interesting considering the fact that this is somebody who's been out of parliament for years now, right? And this case has been going on for years now, right? And clearly they're trying to to get this person but she just doesn't want to go to jail understandably so nobody wants to go to jail but you do the crime you do the crime you pay the time right you do the crime do the time anyway her whereabouts are still unclear last she was known she was in britain disappeared to the queen i see anyway maybe that was too soon i do apologize i see i have a message from my friend gail she says good morning friend well good morning to you too friend how are you how have you been and how is your wednesday going 101.9 high fm this is trouble pursuit and i'm your dear friend mukundi mudao the time is 10 30 and i hope you're enjoying your wednesday morning i'd like to play some music then i'll tell you all all about the Ethiopian Jewish community, otherwise known as the Better Israel. Not to be confused with the Ethiopian Jewish community that we discussed a few months ago with Batya Shmueli. Those ones are living in Israel now. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukunde Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9, Hi FM, this is Trouble Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. 
top of the morning. Time is 10.37 and I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday morning. Allow me to bestow some wisdom upon you like a great friend does and this is my African proverb of the day. This is a part where I tell you a proverb and I hope it improves your life, makes you smarter or both. And if it does both, then Mukundi has done his job. Our proverb today is even the lion protects himself against the flies. I didn't understand this. Pause. Everybody pause. I didn't understand this. Let's just be honest. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't understand this at all and that's why I picked it because I said, what does that even mean? Well, let me read the meaning to you. To protect yourself against injury is not a sign of cowardice. The boldest lion protects itself from flies and the most poisonous snake protects itself from ants. Like the astute remark of George Clayson, better a little caution than a great regret. Guard yourself against harm. Keep away from wicked people. And by the way, also get insurance against accidents and even death. If you have the means get of getting a life or accident insurance, that does not mean you don't have faith for a great future. The truth is that accidents can happen to anyone, irrespective of, irrespective of whether you're a pessimist or an optimist. It is a fact of life. We don't get insurance hoping that something bad will happen. We just plan for the best and prepare for the worst. What really hurts is in, in an accident is not so much about what happens to you, but what, but what could you, what you, what you could have done. Like the sayings go, prevention is better than cure and better safe than sorry. Be precautionary. That is why the lion protects itself against the flies. Okay then, okay, I'm t- I'll take that. That makes sense. I like that. Craig, you like that? Yeah, he liked that. He gave me a thumbs up. Not a man of many words. Craig is the man that pushes all the buttons in studio, and I am so glad to have him because I don't think I could be able to focus to press buttons and present at the same time. It's not that easy. Anyway, I've been telling you about the Ethiopian Jewish community all day in the Beta Israel. Who are they? Well, allow me to tell you now. So the Beta Israel lived in northern and northwestern Ethiopia in more than in more than 500 small villages which were spread over a wide territory. Now alongside populations that were there were Muslims and predominantly Christian. Most of them were actually concentrated mainly in what is today the North Gondor zone, Shai Inda Selassie. Yo, they got, they got at least 10 names here that I cannot pronounce and I will not. Just know that there's a lot of places in Ethiopia that they lived in, okay? They suffered religious persecution and a significant portion of the community were forced into Christianity during the 19th and 20th centuries. Those who converted to Christianity came to be known as Falash Mora. Batyash Mueli, who we talked about, yes, she's a friend of the show. We talked to her a few months ago and she said the same thing. I don't know if you recall. If you don't, once again, go listen to the podcast. Got a message from my friend Linda who says, Hi Mukundi, thanks for a great show. As usual, you are welcome, Linda, and thank you for your message. And moving on, back to the better Israel. They made, wait, the Falashmura, there we go. That's, there is where I was. Sorry, my notes just kind of disappeared for a minute. The derogatory term Falasha, which means landless wanderers or associated with monks, was given to the community in the 15th century by the Emperor Yeshak I. And today its use is avoided because its meaning is offensive. Zagwe, referring to the Agao people of the Zagwe dynasty among the original inhabitants of North, Northeast Ethiopia, is considered derogatory too. So those are two words you should never say. I'm going to say them one more time just so you know what not to say. Falasha and Zagwe. There, there it is. Never say those words ever again. Never want to hear them? Let's move on. <laughs> 
The Beta Israel made contact with other Jewish communities in the later 20th century. Following this, a debate ensued, and I'm going to tell you all about this. I'm going to tell you everything about them. There was a debate about the about whether or not they're Jewish. There was a debate about where they should live, and it just goes to show, man. It's <laughs> I myself am not Jewish, but it just goes to show it's not easy being Jewish, is it? I thought it was hard being black, but I think you guys might have us beat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the Ethiopian Jewish community in Israel is now they mostly most of them are now in Israel. Thank God, and I'll tell you all about that how about how that Aliyah went on. But Bachesh Muli can tell you more about it. Now the better Israel is mainly of the is mainly living in Israel. There's very few of them left in Ethiopia, and that's why it was so hard to get more information about them. That's why it's so hard to actually learn about them. But I did do my research, and I'm gonna tell you what I learned straight after this. I just wanted to give you a quick summary, let you know how this is gonna go, and we're just gonna go to um, go to the marketplace, see what's happening. I'm gonna catch my breath. You catch your breath. I'll drink my water, and then class will be in session. This is 101.9 High FM. I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mukdao. This is Travel Pursuit. Time is 10.42 and I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday morning. We'll be back. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Top of the morning. We're talking about the Ethiopian Jewish Jewish community today or the Better Israel. Now here's their history. Here's what I was able to find. Let me say that. <laughs> so, the Better Israel, the, the scholars believe that the Better Israel emerged comparatively recently and formed a distinct ethno-national group in the context of historical pressures that came to a head from the 14th and 16th centuries. Many of the Better Israel's, Israel's accounts of their own origin state that they stem from the very ancient migration of some portion of the tribe of Dan, I'm going to tell you about that a bit later, to Ethiopia. And they were led by the sons of Moses, perhaps at the time of the Exodus. Alternative timelines include the later crisis in Judea, for example, the split in the northern, in the northern kingdom from Africa and the southern kingdom of Judah after the death of King Solomon or the Babylonian exile. Other better Israel take as their basis the Christian account of Menelik's return to Ethiopia. Menelik is considered the first Solomonic emperor of Ethiopia and is traditionally believed to be the son of King Solomon of ancient Israel and Makeda, Makeda, ancient queen of Sheba. Huh. Would you look at that? Though all the available traditions correspond to recent interpretations, they reflect ancient convictions. According to John Abink, there are three different versions that can be distinguished about the traditions which were recorded by the priests in the community. Now, there's three different accounts. I was able to get two, and I only took one, because this is the one that I found interesting. According to one account, the better Israel originated in the kingdom of Israel, and they were contemporaries rather than the descendants of King Solomon and Menelik. And I wanted to go to that part where they said they're part of the tribe of Dan, because that's what God my interest that's what piqued my curiosity you know you know when people say you have my interest you have my attention but now you got my curiosity or is it vice versa i don't know anyway they did say they come from a tribe of dan and this actually started with a traveler a man known as eldad who claims to be who claimed to travel from israel and his tribe moved all the way down to parts of africa obviously stopping in ethiopia and when he got there he then said hey we are the Jews, 
and we are the last descendants of the tribe of Dan. Eldred said that the Jews of his own kingdom descended from the tribe of Dan, and they fled the civil war in the kingdom of Israel and resettled in Egypt. From there, they moved southwards up the Nile into Ethiopia. And then the better Israel say this confirms that they are descended from these Danites. Some better Israel, however, said that their Danite origins go back to the time of Moses. When some Danites parted from other Jews right after the Exodus and moved south to Ethiopia. Oh, by the way, this is very ignorant of me. The Dan- Danites and the tribe of Dan, to, to my listener and my friends at home who do not know what the tribe of Dan is or what the tribe is in general, many, many, many years ago, classes in session, many, many, many years ago, there were 12, tri- there were 12 tribes in Israel. And I'm not going to list all of them, but basically they dis- they dispersed and they scattered all across the world. And now they are now known as the lost tribes. One of them is the tribe of Dan. And these are the people that claim to be the descendants of the tribe of Dan. There's a lot more, much like Nadamba. And you could see the connection when they all disperse down and everybody's just going to move further down Africa. Of course, this will be for their own reasons, be it security, be it just normal migration, be it business opportunities. But you could see you can see the pattern. There's clearly a pattern here. They all move further down south. Anyway, moving on, they claim that their Danite origins go back to the time of Moses, when some Danites parted from other Jews right after the Exodus and moved and moved south to Ethiopia. Eldred says he speaks of three waves of Jewish immigration into his region. Listen to this. This this then created other Jewish tribes and kingdoms. The earliest waves settled in a remote kingdom in the tribe of Moses. This was the strongest and most secure Jewish kingdom of all, with farming villages, cities, and great wealth. The other, other, other Ethiopian Jews who appeared in the Mediterranean world over the succeeding centuries and persuaded rabbinic authorities there that they were of Jewish descent. And so... And so could, if slaves be ransomed by Jewish communities, join synagogues, marry other Jews, etc. 101.9, Chai FM, this is, this is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend, Mukunimudao. I do apologize, I had to catch my breath for a minute. There's a lot of reading going on. <laughs> now, the Mosaic claims of the better Israel, in any case, like those are the, mm-mm, there's that word, there's one of those words that I said I'm not gonna say. Other sources tell of many Jews who were brought of, who was brought as prisoners of war from other ancient Israel. By Ptolemy I and settled on the border of his kingdom with Nubia, now known as Sudan. Another tradition asserts that the Jews arrived either via the old district of Kara in northwestern Ethiopia or via the Adbara River with a Nile tributary. Okay. <laughs> I know my friend Gary Bloomberg is laughing wherever he is right now. Nile tributar- tributaries. Why am I struggling with this word? It's such a simple word. Is it tributaries? I think it's tributaries. That's how you pronounce it, right? Anyway, now tributaries flow into Sudan. Some accounts specify the route taken by their forefathers on their way upriver to the south of Egypt. Now, isn't that interesting? But what do they do? Let me tell you about their diet. Better Israel Kashrut law is based mainly on the books of Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Jubilees. Really, I said I said Deuteronomy in one go, but I couldn't say tributaries. Wow. Anyway, this includes this includes permitted and forbidden animals, fish, insects, and larvae. Actually, insects and larvae are all cut. Don't they don't touch them at all. But anyway, their kashrut is very similar to normal to you know rabbinic Judaism. Ethiopian Jews were forbidden to eat the food of non-Jews, and and Achaian only eats the meat he himself has slaughtered, which hosts prepare for him and themselves. Better Israel, who broke these taboos, were ostracized and had to undergo a purification process. 
purification included fasting for one or more days, eating only uncooked chickpeas provided by the kern, and ritual purification before entering the village. Mm-hmm. I saw you eating that bug over there. Go, go. You know what you have to do. That is so cool. That is so cool. The better Israel, they then made contact with, with the Jewish community, with other Jewish communities in the late 20th century, and a debate ensued over the, over their own Excuse me, over their own Ju- Judaism, people questioned it, people doubted them, and basically after a long battle and some court cases, the Israeli government actually declared them as Jewish, and as such, it then qualified them for the law of return and allowed them to make Aliyah, which then resulted in the, the bulk of the population actually moving that side. There's probably less than 10,000 left in Ethiopia now and they're actually still working they're actually still moving and it's just a process everybody knows this Ali is a process but the biggest operation was in the early 90s in 1992 I think when they they all decided to to go to Sudan and then there was a big operation by the Israeli government and the Beta Israel obviously which moved a lot of them to Israel and that is beautiful news they don't they can now live in a country where they actually practice Judaism but they're not persecuted for what they what they love and what and who they are which i think is a beautiful thing that my friend is the better israel community did i teach you something I hope I did. If I did, do let me know. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the Telegram line. Or you can email me on air at highfm.com. And you can tweet me at highfm. I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back. Say my goodbyes because unfortunately we are almost out of time. But do not worry. We still have, <laughs> we still have eight minutes and I will make them count. This is 101.9 High FM. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Bofu Safu, na 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 na. Amadou and Miriam with Bofu Safu. I forgot to announce that before it played, but you know, great music is great music, and I do hope you enjoyed it. Tell me you enjoyed it, please, somebody. <laughs> Wow, African disco. I, t- I played you two African disco songs, one from Nigeria and one from Amadou and Miriam. Oh my God, I did not find out where they're from. That is so terrible of me. Anyway, are you custom and detail-oriented, computer literate, creative, and great at networking? This could be opportunity to become part of the High FM sales team. High FM is looking for sales representatives, and if you have the skills and passion to build customer relationships, you can email Kathy at highfm.com. 101.9 High FM, this is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend, Mukundi Mudao. <sighs> Unfortunately, it's that time of the day. Well, I have to say my goodbyes, but I feel like, man, this is what happens when you've been gone for too long and then you come back. You don't want to stop. You're having too much fun. I'm having too much fun with you, but I guess we can do this in seven days, can't we? <laughs> So I told you about Africa, I told you about the Better Israel community. Do let me know which community you'd like to learn about next week or any other week or any time on the show. Tell me if we should talk about a certain country, tell me if we should talk about a certain community. Just get in touch with us and we will do so because that's the whole point of the show, whole point of the station and it is tribal pursuit and we will pursue them. I will pursue them. I, I tell you now. <laughs> thanks to Craig in the studio. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to you for sending your messages and interacting with me and dancing. I hope you danced because I played you some beautiful music. Do enjoy the rest of your day. 
do have next time oh gail wait gail says fabulous music choices okay thank you gail that made my day thank you anyway i'm out craig is signaling for me to leave studio and as always until next time enjoy the rest of your day <laughs>